Welcome to another episode of The Preacher and the Professor. I am Donna Petter. And my name is Tom Petter. <laughs> and why are we here, Tom? Well, we're here because we want to continue to um, be convinced of what we have learned and have firmly believed because we know those from whom we've learned it, both our mentors and the scriptures. And yeah, so it's what about is our impartation? It's about impartation. We're, what's been imparted to us, we want to impart it to others. And I think we're just really thrilled to be able to do that. Um, yeah. Take take part of our lives and that share it in this podcast. So today, what is the topic on tap? The topic is honor. Honor. Tom, what are some texts that you can read for us today about honor? Yeah, I think the the there is no real particular scripture for this today. There's a, several of them. Uh, that are familiar, Romans 13, verse 7, um, give honor to whom honor is is owed, uh, honor to whom honor is owed, Paul says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and then another one is 1 Timothy 5, 17, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor. And then he focuses on those, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. And... So this, and then Hebrews um, has to do also with honor, although the word is not used. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul. That's Hebrews 13 and verse 17. And those who have to give an account. So there are a lot of texts that we could pull from. I think there are about 40 references in the New Testament to honor. So I think if we're talking about honor, we we really want to understand what biblical honor actually is. So, yeah. so can you help us understand what biblical honor is? Because we don't really do a lot of honoring one another. Anyway, but just before we get to that, what yeah. does honoring mean yeah. from a biblical so, perspective? So it, it, you could just use bullet points. I think honor has to do with... Uh, a price, a value of something. So it is monetary. It is monetary. When you honor someone, you pay, right? Uh, that's where we get the word honorarium So from, you give right? someone money oh, because yeah. you're it's, honoring it's, them. It's, okay, it's, fine. it's cash. It's cash. Talk about cash. Right out. Honoring, okay. you're paying up. And the second one, which is more, I think, familiar, is to show high regard for someone, mm-hmm. to honor and revere them, right? Uh, and then... Another one is that has to do with honor is, um, let's see if I can find it here, a privilege that uh, somebody's being given the honor of doing something, right? It's a, it's a responsibility. It's, a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Like we say, it's an honor to be here tonight, you know. I'm honored that's to right. be so here. It's, yeah, that's right. I'm honored to be invited uh, so it, it, it's an interesting mix of money combination and things, then respect yes. for people. That's great. So how did we learn um, to honor people? I think that's the, the question that, yeah, we read it in the text. We read it. It's both New Testament and Old Testament have the same concept of honoring. But I feel like that I have learned honoring by an example of one person in particular, and he is one of our mentors, Ron Smith. So we've mentioned Ron Smith in our podcast pod, podcast before, and it will not be the last time that we mention him, but I will never forget how when we were in youth with the mission and he would introduce people. Tom, do you remember what he would do? He would give this long introduction and just say, so-and-so was this, so-and-so was that. And I would be floored by the introduction. I think, wow, he really gave honor to this 
individual. And I didn't really, really realize at the time he was deliberately honoring people by the way he introduced people. Do you remember that in Youth yeah, Mission? Yeah, it's, it's, it was almost, especially when you're the recipient of that introduction. You're embarrassed. Yeah. It's almost embarrassing, and, and you think it's almost flattery, but it's not because you would give great thought about a person and the characteristics of a person, the qualities of the person. And uh, so that was a real example for both for us. of us. Yeah. And, and I but can then say. What about funerals? What you were talking about funerals. But, but before, before the funeral piece, I, I can also say that because of Ron's example and the way he introduced people, that was so vividly in my mind. So now when I need to introduce, whether it's a student teaching a class, whether it's someone in the church or in the other institution where I work at Gordon Conwell, I'm always mindful. Actually, I do remember one time I gave such a long, I didn't mean to do this, Tom, but I gave a too long introduction of. One of my colleagues, he was going to preach um, at chapel at Gordon Connell, and I actually made her nervous because the introduction was too long, and I didn't give her enough time to preach. But that was the example of Ron, how he just impressed upon me um, and us how honoring is so important. And the other thing about the funeral to, to bring up is oftentimes I have walked away from a funeral where you, know, you have this beautiful celebration of life, and you hear this beautiful display of what this person did and how this person was. And I've walked away and I've said to you, boy, I think we should do this when people are alive. And so that's the whole concept. People get honored after they pass from this life to the next. And I often wonder after funerals if that person knew what the person in the pew thought about them, you know, in such a positive light. So I think we need to honor and do it now while people are alive, which is not the same as flattery, like you said. So why yeah. is it not flattery? Yeah, and why is it that we have a hard time honoring in our culture? Well, that would probably be the bigger question, yes. Yeah, and it's, it's you know, in, in under the guise of, I think, a distorted view of, a, of inclusivity and... We don't want to honor people. We don't want to single out someone. Exclude. We don't want to exclude. We don't yeah. want to exclude others. So we we go with the lowest common denominator. Therefore, I will not speak and honor anyone because I don't want other people to feel bad. Right. right. And, and that's a good instinct. It is. But but it cannot be absolutized because the Bible says you need to honor people. You need to honor. In the Old Testament, honor your father and mother. The, 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 the theme of honoring is a prevailing theme in the whole of Scripture. And it cuts across all kinds yeah. of gifts and talents. It's not yeah. just honor your leaders, but it's honor those that teach you the word of God. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so therefore, it's... it's so we, we have this critical. distorted view of, uh, of thinking, oh, we're just flattering. We, we're puffing somebody up. But that's not true. That's not... Because ultimately... Where does the honor go when you honor someone? It goes right back to... It goes to God. Because it's we're celebrating God's work and God's gift in a person's life. We're not puffing them up. And and the other thing that... just We're going to continue on that vein, but if you look at the way Paul ends his letters, it's always about recognizing people. I mean, of course, Romans is the classic passage Romans 16, all his co-workers. Oh and so he had, because he's distant from them, he has to honor them with his words and and say, yeah. 
you know, without Timothy, you know, without Epaphroditus and, and all these people. So he also honored people and we see evidence of it by the letters in the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, but, but, he does it all the time. But the problem right. of our age is also, how about this, Tom? People who really are unworthy leaders, who are, in a sense, not actually worthy of our respect because they have abused their position. They have abused teaching yeah. the Word of God to us in a way that, of course, is... is so what do you do with that? Yeah, and I, I think it goes... It, it, it's both church and state, right? Uh, Paul talks about that in Romans 13. And and uh, i tell you a story, an example of this. I'm from Switzerland originally, and I've been in the U.S. for a long time. But when I went back last time, people asked me, so let me ask you this, Tom out of a country of 330 million, all you can come up with is two candidates for presidency. And yeah. we all laughed around the table. But. And, and you know, of course we have to honor the office of the president of the United States. That's a biblical injunction from Romans 13. So I'm not saying we should be dishonoring to the, to the office, yeah. but, but when you have, shall we say, not as qualified as we'd like them to be, and, and I'm talking about over against the idea from Plutarch's lives in, you know, the Roman historian. Talk about the ethics of being a, a public servant. You look at John Adams. And, and mm. so I understand in the current culture, and here I'm talking about the bubble of North America, right, right, how we would really struggle with honoring our leader and not speak ill of them. Uh, and 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 give respect to to the person. So I really str- I really understand the struggle. Nevertheless, mm-hmm. that's what the Bible calls us to. And the same within the church, right? There yeah. are pastors who flounders. But for I remember reading an article about this. For every pastor that flounders, there are hundreds of them who are faithful their yeah, whole yeah, lives yeah, right. in this little church in Vermont or in Kansas with eighty people. And they baptize and they bury and they preach every Sunday and they're honoring God. And these are worthy of our honor. So, so there's we way more that are worthy of our honor than there are less. But exactly. the, and I think the other piece to add to that, if I can, is you know, those that are in leadership have been given these positions and they it's what exousia is in the Bible. It's delegated authority. And so the delegated authority derives from whom? From God. Derived from God. So this is why I have been in places where I have just so, I've been so disappointed with the person in the position and have been so challenged to remind myself that God appointed that individual for that seat at such a time. And that brings me, that swings the pendulum back to me to to be respectful and to honor, even though that person might have been mishandling, has mishandled his or her seat in that uh, authority. I, I really, and I actually have seen co-workers for the kingdom of God do the same, where I was ready to be very critical and judgmental, but my co-workers were extremely honoring of the position that this person was yeah. in, not what they were doing necessarily. So that's yeah. important um, to but keep in mind. We, we're not saying we're whitewashing. No, the no. Per, Everyone is accountable. Everyone oh. is under authority. Uh, from God, and I, and I think the scripture is very clear that those who are in positions, the privilege and the honor of of responsibility, they're, they're called to a higher account, teachers in James, um, 
uh, yeah, even the text that we read, uh, you know, in First Timothy and in, in Hebrews, we we call to a higher level of accountability, and and hence the honor. And it, it's not an abuse of perks, but it, it's something that the Lord has given for a time. That's right. Yeah. And that's yeah, the other thing that. too. Your your position of responsibility is. There is an end game to there is a shelf life to this. And it gives you a sense of urgency. Okay, I'm in this seat for such a time as this. That's and right. I'm gonna do what I have to do. And can I throw in another text that I think is so Ooh, important? I think I know what text it might be, but go yeah, ahead. It, it's actually from Jesus. Matthew, uh, Jesus' words, yes. Yeah, the words of Jesus mm. to the disciples who are just uh, intoxicate, intoxicated with being with Jesus and seeing the power <laughs> that he has. Mm. And they live in a, in a social structure, well, under Roman rule in Judea, where it's very segmented. The social organization is very segmented. You've got the patrician, you've got the plebeian, you've got, you've got the slaves, and you've got... All kinds of the freemen, you have all these layers of authority, of hierarchy. Hierarchy, yeah. And I think some of us come from that perspective that authority is a military structure hmm. or a hierarchical structure from the business world with the senior vice president, the president, all these layers of authority. And I think what Jesus says in, verse, in chapter 25 is so important, um, and I can pull it out here, and we may have to. Yeah, Jesus called to them and called called them to him and said, "You know that the rulers of the Gentiles of the nations, i.e., the Roman world, the Greek world, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them." And their great ones exercise authority. That's where we get the word exousia in the Greek. They exercise authority over them. Over them, And look at what Jesus says in verse 26. It shall not be so among you. So he's turning the table on this whole hierarchical structure. And whoever would be great among you must be your servant. That's where we get the word diakonos, uh, a deacon, right? You are a servant of the Lord. Whoever would be first among you must be yours. Now he switches the word to slave, doulos. And then, of course, as the Son of Man came not to be served, to serve, and to give his life. And I heard yesterday, even as, as, uh, as yesterday, late as yesterday, someone, great insight. You know, when you become a servant as a Christian, you don't serve in order to graduate from that service to become a leader. No, you stay a servant. And with all due respect, I understand why people use the language of servant leadership. I, I get it. But I think you I have a take on that that's a little different, right? And other people have yeah. written about yeah. it's servantship. That's it. Servantship, Don't tag servant leadership. leadership to this. Just You Just are a servant. servant. And that means you lead. If you want to lead, you go right on ahead. It's leading to the cross, leading to washing people's feet. Your leadership is taking the initiative to serve other people. And boy, talk about a different view of authority when you talk of it this way. And then it gives you then this freedom 
to honor others. Right. Yes, it does. The freedom. I like that word, freedom. And so I think uh, in terms of honoring people, I think the direct application for me today is is to, you know, I said it earlier to honor Ron Smith. There are other people that we can name. I, I, I Rick Lentz is also a colleague uh, from Gordon-Conwell who did such a great job at honoring people publicly. Uh, and I just want to honor him and Ron Smith today. And so we would encourage you that might be listening today to take the time to honor someone in your life, someone that has taught you the scriptures, a leader over you or, or who has come alongside of you. I think that would be a direct uh, way to to think about what it means to honor someone from a biblical perspective. And then maybe you're... You're one of these people who rant on Twitter and Facebook about political leaders, and maybe you just need to take a break from doing that and and realize that we need to give honor to whom honor is due. Imagine if we just started honoring people on a regular basis. Instead of ranting. What amazing results that might produce. So this is the preacher and the professor signing off uh, with the encouragement, not just to honor someone today, but to continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen.